the premiere of the RHAP Rewind, talking about Kid Nation, is sponsored by our friends over at IP Vanish. Worried about online security? The best way to protect yourself online is by using the privacy app IP Vanish. IP Vanish is a virtual private network, VPN for short, used on computers, tablets, and phones to secure your connection to the internet and protect your personal information. IP Vanish helps protect you wherever you use public Wi-Fi, which is not always secure. When you use IP Vanish, your personal data, like your emails, files, even your credit card and banking information, it's all encrypted, helping keep you safe from online thieves. How many times have you Googled something only to have an ad follow you across websites and on your social media channels? Well, that's your IP address being tracked. Advertisers and hackers use it to keep tabs on you. With IP Vanish, your real IP address is hidden, keeping your identity safe. And IP Vanish has a zero-log policy, so they're not recording your internet activity. What you do online stays private online. And when it comes to internet connections at home and on the go, I know I can depend on IP Vanish. IP Vanish is rated 4.7 out of 5 by real customers on Trustpilot. If you care about your internet privacy and you want to get reliable online data protection, then head on over to IPVanish.com slash Rob. Plans start at $3.49 a month, which is a great price to secure all your devices. All you got to do is go to IPVanish.com slash Rob to start protecting yourself today. Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob Sesterdino back here. Brand new year, brand new project we are dropping on you. It's the RHAP Rewatch, where each month we will be uh, taking a look at an old series. Some I've seen, some I have not. We'll be going through it over the course of the month and to start things off here in the month of January. Every Friday, we will be taking a look at Kid Nation. In this episode, we're going to be talking only about the premiere of the series Kid Nation, which aired on uh, CBS back in 2008. Eight, I believe. Is that correct, Phil? Uh, yeah, 2007. 2008. Or 2000, yeah, 2007, actually. 2007. Yeah. All right, we're off to a great start already. <laughs> as we take a look back with an expert of all things Kid Nation, uh, we got to know him over the summer during Big Brother 21. He is a Kid Nation aficionado. Let's welcome in my partner for every step of this ride here on Kid Nation, the great Phil Thompson. Phil, how are you? I'm doing great, Rob. I'm so excited that we're finally like able to talk about this show. Like I've been dying to just like listen to an RHAP podcast about Kid Nation for so long. And the fact that I'm here and able to talk with you about it is just amazing. So I'm I'm so excited for this. Yeah. Phil. In our very first conversation that we ever had, we were talking to you back in June of 2020, June of last year, feels nice to say, uh, you mentioned you love Kid Nation. Kid Nation has a special place in your heart. You are a uh, young man, and I thought that that was interesting because it seemed like that you were of the age of the kids on the show, potentially, when you were watching Kid Nation in the first run. Phil, could you tell us a little bit about your backstory with Kid Nation? So, yeah, I was eight years old in when, when Kid Nation premiered. I was in third grade, and my parents didn't really let me watch a lot of, like, 
what was on adult TV. My dad was really into Survivor, but he didn't want me to watch Survivor. And so when Kid Nation came on, my dad was like, all right, this is going to be our show. You know, you're going to be allowed to watch this show on weekdays. And I watched it and, you know, I'm a huge Survivor fan now. And looking back, like, I totally see how much I was into, you know, the social dynamics and everything. But, you know, it was I was so blown away by it. And I was so sad when it got canceled. Although looking back like now, <laughs> I definitely see why it was canceled. <laughs> okay. Well, Phil, could you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, not of uh, your uh, Kid Nation fandom. Uh, so for people that might not have heard you during the Big Brother season, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, what do you do when you're not watching Kid Nation? Yeah, so I am just um, a film student. I go to film school in New York, and I just love to study and watch a lot of films and, you know, write about film. Um, and, you know, my outlet besides that is I just I'm really into reality TV. That's kind of the one thing that I'm allowed to watch where, like, I don't have to really critically assess. I do critically assess stuff, but I think about things in a much different manner, and I kind of am able to just fully enjoy it. And, and you know, Survivor and Big Brother are shows like that where – you know, I'm able to kind of use a different part of my brain and like assess social dynamics as opposed to just like talking about, you know, sound and video and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, that's kind of just who I am. And that's um, those are my only interests, basically. Okay. Well, I'm really <laughs> excited to talk about Kid Nation with you and uh, we'll have some guests along the way. But uh, today we're just going to talk about the premiere. Then we have this spaced out. There are five Fridays in the month of January. We're going to talk about episode number one. There are 13 episodes in Kid Nation, correct? Yeah. Yes, and there are 13. And then in each of uh, the next couple of weeks uh, that uh, we are going to be talking about three episodes a week, each of the following Fridays in January, where we will uh, wrap things up on the last Friday in January. We will announce what our RHAP rewatch will be for the month of February. Uh, we will not discuss spoilers because I have not seen the show. So I'm very excited. We will go through this in the real time and in sort of I, i've called this like an evolution of strategy style we will be going through the episodes one by one by one and when we get to next week we'll discuss episodes two three four sequentially as they come up and do a full recap of all things kid nation and phil of course how many times have you seen the series so i saw it when it came out and then Last summer, I was like, oh, what if I like look back and watch this show? Because people on the internet were talking about it. So I was like, all right, let me go back. And I was like, like, oh, my God, <laughs> this show is crazy. And then now I just rewatched the first episode. I'm going to watch along with you, Rob, so I can kind of just talk about the episode that I just saw as opposed to everything else. Great. I'm so excited. I don't know what I was doing in 2007. 2007 is sort of like a, a, a weird period for me in my reality TV experience where I went, I did Survivor, I got done with Survivor. I was still like doing uh, Survivor related things with uh, when I was doing the fishbowl, if people are familiar with my backstory where I was doing that for a few other seasons. And then I took a yadas. I took some time away from Survivor really between like uh 2007 to 2010 i was very not super paying close attention to 
things that were going on basically between roughly in survivor terms between fiji and up until heroes versus villains and i started to get back into the survivor stuff during samoa so there's a couple of years there where i'm not paying super close attention to anything with cbs reality i'm doing other things uh in my professional career so it's a little bit of a dark spot for me in terms of my reality TV knowledge. So I wasn't following Kid Nation at the time. I said, oh, this is interesting. I've always wanted to go back. And this has been ever since we've been in, uh, you know, I know it's been, seems like years that we've been in this lockdown, but I've always said if I was going to go back and rewatch one series, this was going to be it, Phil. And then when you and I started talking, I, I have always wanted to go ahead. So this is a bit of a bucket list project for me. Now, this is, I mean, a huge bucket list po- project to even just listen to. So I'm so excited. And yeah, yeah, let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So I, I, uh, Kid Nation is available on YouTube. Uh, it's available for free. All the episodes are up on YouTube. You can watch along if you, uh, so desire. You do not have to. Uh, we will try to make this as user friendly as possible for people who either watch the show way back when or have never seen the show. We'll tell you about, uh, what the observations were in terms of watching this, uh, 13 going on 14 year old piece of media and so kid nation phil could you describe what the premise of kid nation is so yeah kid nation is a show by cbs and it's basically you know they take 40 kids from the ages of eight years old to six 15 or 16 years old and they put them on this old west set in new mexico and they have to basically fend for themselves for 40 days. That's the basic premise where the kids have to cook for themselves. They have to clean for themselves. You know, no one is observing them. No one's watching them. And they kind of have to live And the show is about, you know, watching these kids kind of form their own society in the most, in the most basic kind of premise. There's more to it than that, but that's kind of where like the show kind of started. Okay. My first question here, Phil is why, what, what were they trying to test here with this premise of can 40 children fend for themselves in the old West? No, (laughs) the answer is clearly no children should not be unsupervised in the old West period. End of sentence. So yes, that is the answer. And I think that's the answer that we all kind of came to realize. (laughs) Um, (laughs) of the course of watching this show, you said that, you know, you fell off of, you know, kind of survivor and reality TV off, you know, in, in that era. And I think a lot of people were at the time, you know, um, Survivor, obviously Big Brother, where they were huge when they premiered in 2000. And then, you know, the ratings kind of slowly began to dip. You know, people stopped kind of watching it, start, stopped, started to becoming less interesting. And so, you know, CBS really was trying to pull people back into the reality TV premise. You know, I saw this quote um, and, and, The CBS entertainment president at the time said, you know, she was trying to make a reality show change the landscape of television. So in order to do that, you have to stir public debate. And so, you know, think about the year before. This is 2007. And in the year 2006, Survivor Cook Islands came out. And that was, again, something that was so controversial, something that people, you know, were kind of frowned upon, upon at the time and kind of, you know, confused about and that's what CBS was trying to do. They were trying to get people confused, but they wanted them to watch something. And so this is kind of like 
a premise where it sounds so insane. Even a reality person who doesn't like reality TV wants to go watch the show. Okay, this is interesting, Phil. So you're saying that we are in an era at at of this moment of where Kid Nation is on the air, where CBS is sort of trying to program. Well, uh, people hear about it like, well, they can't really do that, can they? <laughs> that's not really. Then- that's not a real thing, is it? And then they have them do it. (laughs) And (laughs) And I think (laughs) that's the other thing with, I think this show, right. And we, we talk about, or I basically the, the, the person who made the show and even the host of the show, they're both, they come from a documentary background. And so when you look at survivors, Genesis, you look at how the first season of survivor was really this, you know, kind of documentary thing where it's, it wasn't really focused on, you know, the strategy was more focused on watching these people trying to like make a society. And so I think that was the initial premise, you know, the executive producers and everyone really wanted to just kind of see these kids make a society, but we're at the era of reality TV now where we want to see drama. We want to see villains. We want to see a bunch of crazy stuff happen. And so kid nation is like the perfect collision of both of those reality TV premises where we're trying to get these children to, you know, be raw and naturalistic and authentic, but we also want, you know, entertaining television. We want characters. And that's kind of the dilemma with kid nation. I think. Why didn't kid nation work? Was it a, uh, ratings failure or did people just sort of like critically say, this is not something we should be doing. We are endangering children. Uh, it was a little bit of both because, you know, the premiere got a lot of, you know, got a lot of views, but people were kind of the, the thing is survivor, you know, every episode, someone gets voted out. There's drama in that, but with kid nation, no one gets voted out. There's no real strategy or anything like that. So I guess after a while, you're kind of just watching these kids and you're like, okay, you know, that's Mm -hmm. it. And so the ratings kind of fell and also people's parents the kids parents were suing like one one girl's parents devod you know she got into a little accident you don't really see it that much on the show but basically she was cooking and grease you know grease like hit her and you know she her mom found out and her mom got upset and her mom tried to sue cbs and then they were like pull the plug on this it got a lot of negative reviews so yeah. cbs was like it's not worth our time yeah and just for people who are not familiar with the premise uh either were too young or did not catch it in the real time so they take these 40 kids and they have to go and fend for themselves in the old west and to the degree that i was surprised that they have to cook and clean and use a stove and play with fire and also all share 40 kids share one bathroom and also operate heavy machinery and lug heavy things and do manual labor and even i knowing what this was i was surprised at how dangerous this is phil they have the kids walk like half a mile to a mile to get water to get the one of the most basic human functions they have to walk in the hot new mexico sun to get water which is absolutely insane but you know i guess that's where the 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 television you know drama comes from right <laughs> this wasn't like camp where i kind of thought like okay it's camp the kids will you know there's food put out for them no they have to like cook for themselves on a hot stove that they light with fire this was yeah. it, it was this was insane yeah. The thing is with this show, though, is that they didn't like it. Of course, it sounds like they just cast a ton of kids that, you know, would be entertaining and funny. But some of the kids on the show, you know, they're, you know, 
you know, they're kids who grew up in farms and they're kids, you know, who are very smart and talented and they're, you know, they're, there's prodigies on this show. And so, you know, they definitely tried to cast the most exceptional children that they possibly can mm-hmm. to some extent. <laughs> they're still children. <laughs> they're still children and they're still, yeah, they have to, the, the only way they can cook is to start a fire. The only way they can drink water is to walk a mile away. The only, yeah. yeah, it's insane. <laughs> Phil, did your parents have any conversations with you at the time that uh, Kid Nation was airing about how this is dangerous? Don't try any of the things that you're seeing on Kid Nation. No, no. I was telling my father, Next year, next season, I'm applying for this show and I'm going to be on Kid Nation. Okay. And my father was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, maybe, but it got canceled <laughs> and that never, that never happened. I don't think my father was also going to let me. I think he was just kind of encouraging me, mm-hmm. but I think, I think that did happen with a lot of kids where they saw that and they were inspired by it and they were like, you know, maybe I could do that too. I mean, they definitely can. And, yeah. you know, you could see all these kids kind of fail, but you know, it, it, it is kind of, you know, faux inspirational in that yeah. way, I would say for and kids. So Phil, I've only seen one hour of kid nation. I'm very excited to watch more, but have the children that were associated with this show aged eight to 15 in the real time, are, are there sort of like well-known personalities that are still in the Kid Nation universe? Like are some of these like eight-year-olds, have they gone on to become 21-year-olds who are like posting about Kid Nation and stuff like that? Yeah, like basically I think a year or two ago, I think one of the kids, one of the kids who was on the episode that we'll see today, um, you know, he did an interview with a YouTuber and with named John Tron and that kind of like, made the show blow up again. And so now, you know, especially over quarantine too, so many kids have been doing Reddit AMAs. They've been doing TikToks. They've been doing YouTube Q and A's. They've been, you know, kind of emerging from the limelight. But the thing is, is that Kid Nation never like created any any reality stars, like funny, funnily enough, you'd assume they would, but all the kids kind of grew up and, you know, adjusted to normal life again. I'm sure they're (laughs) dealing with some traumas still, but you know, they're, you know, normal adults now and with the benefit of time that had we covered this show in 2007 i I think it would have been in poor taste to make fun of the children correct of course of course i mean you'll see you know there's some kids especially the producers make the kids look so evil some of these kids are just the worst yeah yeah but that being said phil that with the, the, the they're no longer children so that I, I think it's perfectly like in bounds to make fun of the children now. Is that is that is that fair game? Yeah, I think it would be OK. You know, I, I you know, to a certain extent, I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, rain on anybody's parade. I'm, I'm excited to, you know, talk about the, the outlandish stuff these children say and do. But yeah, I mean, I don't think they'd really mind now, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think that's so I, I feel free. You know, I, I feel like where I that I, it would have been in poor taste, I think, to make fun of an eight year old. But I think that to make fun of an eight year old now that an eight year old is 21, I think is. Seems yeah. okay to me. It would be totally fine. Like, I remember in the era, all my friends in third grade, for some reason, we all watched Kid Nation. And so we'd come into school. I think Kid Nation came on Monday nights, I'm pretty sure. And so we came into school on Tuesday. Like, yo, Taylor was the worst last <laughs> night. Like, we hate Taylor. And, you know, we would just all... And even our teacher was like, oh, I hate Taylor. I can't stand <laughs> Taylor. <laughs> 
which, you know, might have been inappropriate at the time. But now, you know, Taylor's like, I don't even know, in her 20s. She, we're, we're fine. She's I fine. think it'll be she's okay. She's fine. Yeah. She's probably, she's doing great, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Kid Nation takes place in a place called Bonanza City is the name of the town in Kid Nation. They try to feed us this backstory, Phil, that Bonanza City was a real place uh, which settlers went to, and it was a failed experiment. The real-life the real life settlers of Bonanza City from 1885, they failed. They could not get along. And That's not true? That, that is not true. I mean, I don't know the the full extent of ben- the b- history of Bonanza City, but we're going to see across the show, the producers are going to spin this historical narrative of this is what a Bonanza City was, and you guys are the ones bringing it back. You're the pioneers. And, you know, I think a lot of the history is totally BS, and it's kind of just a narrative to start, you know, the show's premise. Yeah. Phil, yeah. the people of Bonanza City, they could they could not get along and they, they could not make it work. They didn't work together. And, you know, I, I'm reminded of the position that we are in in modern times where we live in a very divided country. Is there anything that we could learn from Kid Nation? Should we look to the children to set an example of how to make our nation divided again? Yeah, I think, you know, I think we can look to the children because obviously CBS knows that, you know, the children know all of the answers. They know everything about politics. They know everything about religion. They they have a complex, nuanced perspective on the way that our societal structures work. And so we can definitely, yeah, 100 percent look to the children for for guidance on how American yeah. American construction be structured from now on. As for we sure. start our new year, maybe perhaps that there are things here in Kid Nation that can heal our our real nation. Yeah, I I 100% agree, Rob. I think, you know, I think this I think Joe Biden should, you know, play kid nation episodes like he should just start playing them like on youtube on his youtube channel in the downtime in the transition maybe this is something like maybe maybe put one person on the staff in charge of like all right let's let's just see if there's anything there let's heal the nation you know you know we'll see a quote that said the only adults that did it right are george washington benjamin franklin and gandhi and i think you know they're about to prove that 40 other kids can live up to those expectations Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) so the kids are brought out to bonanza city on a uh big yellow school bus uh because that's the uh, the only method to uh, move children uh big yellow school bus yeah, it's it makes it seem like they like they were, you know, the kids, the parents drop the kids off at their, their bus stop and, you know, they think they're about to go to school. But the bus takes a left turn and, and now the kids don't really know where they're doing. And now they're stranded in the middle of New Mexico with with nothing. Yeah. And we hear from uh, one of the children. I believe that this is Jimmy. Uh, he tells us right off the bat that, uh, that maybe this is, uh, gonna be a little harder than anticipated. I'm not gonna be says- parents. There's no adults. And I think I'm gonna die out here because there's nothing. Yeah. I mean, that, that was unsettling when eight-year-old Jimmy tells us on the bus, uh, there's no, nothing out here. There's no parents. And I think I'm gonna die out here. <laughs> I, I mean, it's the perfect way to set the tone for the show. It's just, you know, these kids might die out here. We have no idea. We don't know what, what's going on. 
Yeah, and I wasn't it, ready for that. I wasn't ready for the eight-year-old to say, yeah, I think I'm also going to die. <laughs> you know, also, you know, I was looking at, you know, the, the the liability waivers that the parents had to sign for these children. And the liability waiver literally says that, you know, if the children are, you know, exposed to unmarked or uncontrollable hazards and conditions that may cause the minor serious bodily injury, illness, or death, CBS is not responsible for it. Yeah. Or death. So I guess, you know, CBS does not care if these children live or die you know, for the sake of television, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think they cared. I mean, th- I think that yeah, they would I mean, yeah, pr- yeah. ideally I mean, prefer yeah. none of the children died. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, for sure. Phil, what was in it for the parents to, okay, I, I mean, it was actually, you know what, I, I take it back because after nine months of uh, lockdown, if you told me you were going to take my kids anywhere for 40 days, I'd strongly consider it. Uh, yeah. I, it wouldn't be an automatic yes, but yeah, uh, Rob, uh, we'd like to take uh, at least uh, one of your children to the Old West for an experiment uh, uh, that's going to be televised. Let me check with Nicole. Let me check with my yeah, wife. Could, could be so. Did Dominic watch the show? Did he? Did he? I watch tried. It with you? I tried, Phil. I tried to uh, take a page from your family's playbook, and I said, <laughs> "Hey." Want to watch this? And then they watched it for about uh, 60 seconds and said, um, hey, uh, we we need to go ask mom if we're allowed to go, uh, eat candy right now. <laughs> and that I was said, it. Yeah, let me know how that goes. <laughs> the future. Yeah, it's the, the future of reality TV, I guess. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They did watch an episode of Survivor Kageon recently. And they liked it? They They enjoyed that one? They did. We had an extensive conversation of uh, should, which tribe should they be on, uh, Brains, Beauty, or Brawn? And which one did they want to be on? You know, it's complicated because you don't really want to tell like a pigeonhole, like uh, little kids like that. And say, uh, no, oh, no, you're definitely not on the Brains tribe. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that's the thing with this show, too, is that, you know, they create these total archetypes out of you know these children i don't know it's it's kind of fascinating to look at in the way that you know we we see these children are portrayed off the bat like from the very Mm -hmm. beginning the the pull quotes we get from them um are just like okay this is just reality tv we're just getting these reality tv archetypes the same survivor archetypes but they're just children all right phil uh we have a host here for kid nation who's sort of uh here to facilitate everything and uh, his name is Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan Karsh. Uh, how do we feel about Jonathan? Um, he's fine. I don't know. He's no Jeff. I mean, he's no. I don't even like. He he's okay. Like, what, what do you what do you think about Jonathan? To be honest, I mean, I just feel like yeah, he's basically like a you know uh, Jeff Probst lighting double, uh, where yeah. just trying to do a Jeff Probst impression. It seems like. Yeah, the thing with Jonathan Karsh is that. You know, before Kid Nation, he he was a filmmaker. He like he in like I think four years before he premiered a documentary at Sundance and won Best Director. And you know it, it was, but it, it was a documentary called My Flesh and Blood, and it was about a film in the year of the life of this family. But it was focused on children. So I assumed that CBS was like, okay, this guy, you know, he made a documentary about children. You know, he's going to be able to interact with these children well, but. I don't really think that comes across like on on screen that well. It doesn't seem like he's really like interacting with the kids that much. He's kind of just, yeah, trying yeah. to take books from pages from Jeff Probst's book. But it's kind of just like, eh, just might as well just get Jeff or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. This was his last on screen credit. 
Ah, so tragic. I miss him every single day. I miss, <laughs> I want to see how Jonathan Karsh is doing. I'm sure he's doing fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He seems like yeah. he's still working, but uh, on the <laughs> other side of the camera. And we meet the children. And then also, we're going to have four leaders who, uh, much like the Brains tribe in Survivor Kagiyan, they get dropped off via helicopter, which I thought was a little extra. They deploy them like it's like Boston Rob and Russell coming out of the helicopter. It's like, who are these legends coming out? And you just see, you know, a little kid with glasses and a black cowboy hat. Like, yeah. am I supposed to know who these people are? It's just a bunch of kids. Yeah. So we have four leaders. Uh, they are Mike, Taylor, Anjay. Am I pronouncing yeah. that right? Yeah. A- Andre, and yeah. Laurel. They are the four leaders. How did the leaders get selected, Phil? I mean... Well, I think some of the kids were like, I think Laurel and Anjay were selected because they both seem like very, very intelligent kids. And they seem like they, they're kids who would be good leaders. And then I think with Mike and Taylor, they CBS knew these kids are going to be reality TV gold. As mm-hmm. like, you know, they seem like both just really, really bossy children, kids who you don't really want to play with on the playground. And so the fact that they put them in an authority position makes it seem like our like, man, I don't know, it makes TV gold. Yeah. And I think that's why they picked them. OK, so let me describe the four leaders. Uh, Mike is 11 going on 47, seemingly. <laughs> He's yeah. very uptight. He's way too uptight. I don't know, like, what. What, what 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 does he do on the playground when he's a kid? I I, I have no idea. Like yeah. he just seems like he doesn't want to have any fun at all. Mike he's has all no friends in real life. Of course, yeah. Presumably, he, no, there's no way he does. I I yeah. don't really see how he could. That's why he's advanced very far in the Boy Scouts. I think that that's also like a uh, a telltale sign of not not a super active social life that he's really pursued. Yeah. Like, well, at least I I will advance in the ranks of the Boy Scouts. I feel like it's kind of a red flag, to be honest. (laughs) Maybe a little bit. Uh, There's Taylor, who seemingly her only character trait so far is that she's here to show older kids that uh, they're not all that. She's there to represent younger kids. She's good with younger kids. She is a younger kid. She doesn't want to listen to older kids. Yeah. Taylor is like the first thing that Taylor says is that, you know, if I could make this a better world, I'd bring world peace to Africa and all the orphans and especially to Iraq. And that would be the number one place that needs world peace, you know? And I think that kind of that quote perfectly sums up everything about yeah. ta- who Taylor is. You know, she's a pageant queen who's kind of saying things that she doesn't ha- She actually has no real world idea of what they actually mean, but she says them and thinks they mean something, you know, and that's kind yeah. of all that Taylor is. We'd like some of that world peace, Taylor. Yeah, no. Whenever I, you're you ready. Know, Taylor, Taylor is a natural born politician. I really think so. I, you, you'll, <laughs> yeah. I think she, Taylor would do great in office. I think she'd be amazing. Are you kidding me? She, she'd fit right in. I think she'd be fantastic. Okay. Uh, then we have Anjay. Anjay, I, I didn't really get much of a read on. I feel like that we saw the least of him out of the uh, four leaders that get dropped off. Yeah, Anjay, he's act, he's working at Microsoft now. So, oh. you know, he yeah, no, that's the thing. Some Good of the kids Andre. are just super, super intelligent. So, you know, Anjay's doing great now. And I'm sure, you know, this was just a great thing for Anjay to put on his resume, put on his LinkedIn at the time. And so I think, you know, he's also just a he seems like a very smart kid. And he seems like someone who 
is, you know, able to handle, you know, situations. Well, I'm not sure how we, how, how good he is socially. And I think that's kind of one of the things we're going to be able to see, mm-hmm. um, develop on the show. But I think Andre's cool. You yeah. Know, and then there's Laurel. We're told that she is a respected student leader. She has some sort of a heavy New England accent. Yeah. I don't actually know where she's from, but yeah, you definitely get that. Uh, Laurel to me is, I think, the most intelligent person on this show. Oh. Like, not in terms of like, you know, book smarts, but just in terms of like when she's on the show, Laurel actually has a little bit of like just an adult sense. I feel like she's just, mm-hmm. I guess, matured quickly or I don't know. Like, whenever oh, she's Laurel's, a respected student leader. She, yeah, I mean, she's just very empathetic. She's no, she knows how to. T- she talks to the kids like she's an adult, but you know, she's still a kid. I don't know. She has a great sense of just like bringing people together. I think Laurel's Laurel's amazing on this show. Okay, so the kids are told there. Here are wagons filled with supplies. You'll need to transport them to Bonanza City. I could not believe this grueling physical activity that they are going to put the children through to push these stagecoaches filled with supplies and livestock to <laughs> Bonanza City single file. Yeah, I, they treat it like it's the beginning of like Survivor Guatemala. Like they're yeah. having these kids just haul ass for like who is you know, this for? <laughs> I, why do I I don't want to see children doing manual labor. It's horrible. You know, you see DK, you know, DK, DK. who's now he passes out. He just totally passes out. And, you know, I think that, that that would be a great opportunity, you know, for CBS to show, okay, they have medics on team. Because in Survivor, if that happened, a medic would come on. But no, it's just all the kids are standing no around. Like, I don't know what child. to do. Zach runs over and it's, and Zach is just like, oh, I, I don't know what happened. Like, I'm, uh, you know, I think you might have had a stroke or something. <laughs> These kids have no idea what is going on. And yeah, it's, it's insane that they did this. Really? If this was a camp. There would be a counselor. There is no nurse. There's nothing. Yeah. It's, it's Zach says, I think it's like a spasm or something. And DK is just on the ground. Like, they, it's insane that, you know, of course, they did have a medic team out there, but we never really see anything mm-hmm. like that. I feel like it would be good to kind of show like, OK, you know. There's someone responsible, you know, here, but we we see none of that ever. Right, right. If they were making this show in 2020, they would really they would go out of their way to tell us that every, oh the children are being supervised, children that there was a doctor on hand that we talked with psychological evaluations that this was it would be very much like do not worry, everything here is fine, and this show goes out of its way to say no these children are very much in danger. <laughs> it's just a total mess. Like you know, it kind of begins like you know. You know, Jonathan's like, all right, there's all these wagons and you guys have, you know, what, two minutes or whatever to grab everything and start to run. And, you know, on Survivor, when that happens, it's like they have this epic marooning music and it seems like, okay, they're about to begin the adventure of a lifetime. But on this, it's kind of just they just have like a banjo playing and it's just a total mess. These kids are kind of just running around trying to, like, find chickens and stuff like that. It's just it's insane. It seems like chaos from the first two minutes of the show. <laughs> so, there's another part of the show that we also uh, get at this point where there is a gold star that Jonathan tells us a couple of times. It is worth its weight in gold where whoever is the recipient of it is going to get $20,000. And then I said, okay, maybe this is what's in it for the parents where, all right, we're going to endanger your child, but they could win money. 
Yeah, I think that is. And that's kind of the sad part about it in a way, like, especially if they entice, you know, the parents like, hey, you know, your kid, can, you, you can win some money if your kids do this, you know, and I think, you know, I don't really know why the gold star fully, fully exists on the show. I guess it is literally to entice the parents because I feel like it doesn't really add much to the show because these kids don't really know how much, you know, $20,000 is fully worth. Like when I was a kid, I thought $20,000 was like, oh, that's it's like a million dollars. Like if I got that, I could, you know, buy a mansion and my family would be set for life. But yeah, you know, these kids have no conception of that at all. Yeah. My, my son is seven. He doesn't know the difference between $20 and $20,000. Yeah, ex- exactly. So it, it seems like it's, it's, it's such a pointless part of the show, but I guess <laughs> it is just like, you know, getting the parents to, you know, yeah. get, yeah. If you said to my seven year old, Hey, uh, a stranger said, I'll give you $40 for your brother. Then he would take that deal. Yeah, fine. Like, yeah, yeah sure. That sounds bucks. like a lot of money. I don't know. <laughs> it could be something. It, it could be something. I have no idea. Yeah. Especially and because they have, you know, the the, ch- the children pick. It's the children who are making the decision of who gets twenty thousand dollars. Because who else would? I don't. I don't know who else would be making the decision. You know, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. That being said. I do feel like that this idea of, okay, the leaders are going to be handing out a, you know, award to the worker who's working the hardest, uh, unbeknownst to the person who's out there. I do feel like that this is sort of like the backdoor pilot for undercover boss. Like, same premise. <laughs> same premise. The boss is out there. You don't know that that's the boss. You just do a good job and your boss says, hey, Phil, come here. I got something for you. Gold star. <laughs> it's teaching the kids, you know, the value of capitalism and labor from, you know, yeah. day one. <laughs> just do a good job because you don't know who's watching. Yeah. But the thing is, I feel like if I was on this show, I wouldn't really care that much about like, okay, what, 20,000? Like, again, I have no idea what this means. Like, I'm going to just keep playing around. I, I, you know, 20, who cares if I get a gold star or not? And I feel like that also kind of applies like later on with the kids who are just like, some of the kids just don't, don't really care, care that much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Phil, that the kids get to Bonanza City and they are a little disappointed with the digs at Bonanza City, uh, that it is, I guess, supposed to be some sort of like abandoned ghost town and the kids are going to sleep on mats. Uh, there is a fire or a stove that they have to light with a fire and uh, things are not very luxurious in Bonanza City. Yeah. So the the set or whatever of Kid Nation is actually just an old West movie set. I think it's yeah. Universal's, and they used it. It was built for the the Ridley Scott movie with Christian Bale, um, three ten to Yuma. It's just an old West set, and so they kind of just had that. And they're like, oh, you know, CBS was like, can we use this to put you know forty kids and to film a reality TV show real quick? And now they still use that set for a lot of old West stuff. But it's insane to me, not insane, but it's odd that you know they didn't really it seems like they didn't really do that much to change it like the kids living arrangements like you said they're horrible you know there's a sleeping you know it's like these these wooden boards and these like thin mattresses and it's like you know cbs didn't try to buff it up or clean anything up or anything like that it's just it's disgusting (laughs) yeah (laughs) the kids are sleeping on basically like a blanket on a wood floor (laughs) it's disgusting 
I can't believe. And, you know, there's no real reason for it. You know, it's like we talk about a lot on, on Survivor about how now we don't really care to see people suffer that much. You know, we've kind of moved past that as a show. And it seems like that's kind of all Kid Nation has, really. Like, there's no strategy. So we what else is there to do besides watch these people suffer you know like mm-hmm. why not let the kids sleep on a bed it's okay like, you know what, the, what what what's the harm in that i don't i don't understand it's just yeah adding- you, you could have given these kids mattresses show would have been exactly the same exactly the same the kids still would have been miserable i think this it just adds more more pain mm-hmm. <laughs> to the, for these poor children it's it's gruesome i don't know yeah <laughs> um, so we uh, got to see uh, a lot about the first night dinner is uh, a big part of what's going on. Uh, there's no food for the kids. They have to co- cook for themselves. And so that they're going to sort of uh, work on uh, pasta for 40. But, Phil, there is a lot of uh, confusion about how much pasta do you cook for 40 kids? Yeah, it, we we get a funny scene where they're like they have the pot with the water and they're st- you know they have to li- again light a fire because you know it's not an electric stove so they have to light a fire for this stove which looks very dangerous and then they're you know starting to put some pasta in the bowl and they're like you know how much pasta should we put in and another kid's like you know we got to feed forty people and it's just you know I think why not grab a couple of pots why not you know have have a more po- few more pots in the stove instead they just try to put literally all the pasta they have into this one pot and they realize this this is not going to cook and so they have to like just pour it out and just dump out the food i also here's another thing of just like i don't know how much food like these kids are actually given like jonathan says it's like 40 days worth of food but like i don't think they're going to let the kids starve right so like if they, they run out of food like what are they going to do like i don't know <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, it seemed insane that they just uh, seemed like that the move was they just filled a uh, giant uh, like kettle to the top with pasta and then just tried to cook that. Uh, that doesn't work. Of course, modern day children, they would know uh, exactly how you do it. Uh, they've seen the uh, WAP video. They know about macaroni in a pot. <laughs> they know what the right amount of water to pasta. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But that's the other thing is that I don't think any, you know, you think your kids, I mean, can, I don't know if your kids can cook, but it seems like it's a futile, it's an impossible task anyways. It's always going to be an impossible task. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I cook macaroni and cheese for my kids and you make what one box and they're like that this is it dad i, I don't know how much <laughs> how many boxes you would need to make to feed 40 children i mean these children must have been v- uh, hungry that yeah, they worked I, all day and then they got like a spoonful of pasta it's insane because you know, w- w- when they drop the kids off you know they're starting to figure out their, their sleeping arrangements and they're like and then mike is you know mike one of the leaders he's like you know We'll figure out sleeping arrangements after after dinner, after we eat dinner. Yeah. But I don't think the kids realize at the time that they're the ones that are going to be making dinner. <laughs> you know, I think they still kind of think, you know, OK, you know, c- catering craft service is going to get us something and we'll figure it out then. Mm-hmm. But they're tr- they truly from the beginning have to entirely fend for themselves. And yeah, you know, the, 
it turns out the pasta didn't didn't really turn out that well. It looked no, look kind of no. gross. Um, it's also sad that at one point where uh, some one of the kids like says, "All right, this is not working," and just dumps out the whole pasta in, and it's like the pasta has taken the form of the pot. Then they dump uh. it out. <laughs> <laughs> on the ground that's sad uh it's sad when taylor cries that she's missing uh protein that she hasn't had any uh any meat in a long time that's also sad yeah that well that scene is such an interesting scene now looking at it because that scene is taylor's like real like joker origin story like <laughs> that's the one time where we see taylor like fully you know feel like emotional and like I miss she feels like a child in that one scene where it's like this is a lot I'm too I'm too young for this like I don't know what's going on and after that Taylor's attitude is just like I'm gonna make them all pay for this like it's insane that we get this one little scene where you know she's a kid and then after that you know it's it's she's she's a killer <laughs> Taylor's a killer she's a killer um yeah one of the kids says it's their worst day in three years so that kid is jared i feel like every time jared says anything i'm gonna try to write it down because jared i think is the funniest kid on the show he just oh, yeah, says yeah jared jared's the kid with the glasses and the red shirt and the cowboy hat yeah yeah that's he's jared. the best he's the best yeah. kid he's just so weird i don't i don't really know what his archetype he's like one of the few kids with no real archetype he's not like he has the cowboy hat but he doesn't seem like he's from like the south or the west or anything i don't i don't know what his whole his whole bit is he's just jared he's just so himself he looks like ryan ulrich kind of but like if when yeah. he was 11 <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel like that that was like a meme during survivor 35 of was okay it? <laughs> that is that kid uh i remember seeing pictures is you know he grew up to be ryan ulrich <laughs> it's the yeah, same I shirt mean, yeah exactly it's the same shirt it's the same same face i don't know yeah he's just it's the worst day in three years i don't know what happened to him when he was eight years old you know but mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah i don't know yeah yeah all right day two comes around and we get back to cooking and so uh we're gonna start making pancakes pancakes for 40 starts out okay too many kids are eating pancakes. Other kids, little kids are not getting any pancakes. And this has devolved into chaos. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, as adults, it'd be hard to get 40 kids to say, okay, one pancake for each person, one pancake. There's no way that you know, an adult can, you know, really force these kids to have one pancake. So, you know, the fact that these kids are authority, like, it's a joke. They, like, <laughs> they have no chance. It's just, you know... It's whatever goes like, I think like, you know, I think either it was Pharaoh who's the one who was just eating like he I think he had like three pancakes and it just was like, I, I don't care. It's I don't care if it's not fair. It's In like fairness <laughs> to the kids. They had no dinner. And now it's the next it's the next day and they're kids and, and and there's pancakes in front of them. And they're like, oh, wait, like I shouldn't have two because uh, there's, there's other kids that didn't have any. Uh, what, what do you want? What do you want from these kids? It's hard. It's hard. I don't know. And especially because, you know. Before, you know, we get uh, any s sense of structure to the show, you know, there's no kids that are actually like in charge of cooking yet. Yeah. So we get like 30 kids who are just in the dining room cafeteria, just like banging their forks and knives <laughs> on the table. Like, we're hungry. We want pasta. We want pancakes. And it's just like, you know, right. Sophia in the back, just like trying to cook for all these kids, even though. She doesn't, she doesn't even have to. It's just, she's, no one's assigning, no one's assigned to any roles at all. And, you know, kids are still, you know, 
they still are like, I guess like entitled to like, you know, I need, you know, I obviously like they're used to being fed, you know? And so, right. You know, <laughs> like my kids, uh, if I just decided one day, all right, you're on your own for breakfast, they, <laughs> they, they, they wouldn't know what to do. No clue at all. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd come in the kitchen, like, uh, there'd be like a half gallon of milk on its side in the kitchen, uh, cereal everywhere. That there would be no chance that, uh, you know, pancakes would be served. Yeah. I mean, also, like, the producers, like, you know, we see the producers, like, writing a lot of, like, they have a cookbook, right? They have, like, a cookbook. So, mm-hmm. you know, to imply, you know, that, like, the producers are, you know, they're helping these kids out, you know, they're giving them, you know, they know right. exactly the right amount of stuff to put in. But, like, it's hard to follow a recipe now, to be honest. Like, I, Without these kids pictures. are not. Yeah. <laughs> with no pictures. They just yeah. have to, like, look at, like, it's, there's no chance. I, I don't see Pinterest. any way. Pinterest. <laughs> Pinterest. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can get a lot of recipes on there, Phil. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, if, if these kids had their phones, it'd be different. They'd be looking at TikTok recipes now or something like that. But, yeah, mm-hmm. no, they, there's, there's no chance. Phil, do you I, cook I, yeah. anything? No, I don't know how to cook at all. Like when I'm, you know, not with my parents or anything, it's, it's bad. Like when I'm not with my parents, I make peanut butter and jelly or I make mac and cheese. And that's or sometimes you could do it. You could do it. Like if you were there, you would be able to help the children. These kids would be eating worse than they are now. I'm telling you, (laughs) I'm telling you that these kids, the, 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 the mac and cheese, the mac and cheese might be okay. But if I had to cook anything else for these kids, it'd be a disaster. That's the, that's the other thing is that like, I don't think any of these kids are like that good of cooks. Maybe, you know, over the course of the show, they learn something. But, you know, these kids are going to be eating pretty bad for for 40 days. And I think this is the first time they're coming to terms with like accepting like, oh, wow, like (laughs) this is Mm -hmm. it. This is our food. Yeah. And then, Phil, uh, this is when Mike takes the opportunity to have a meeting where he wanted to have a meeting at dinner. It did not go well the the night before. He figured, okay, I'm going to have a morning meeting. With, with everybody and it, it's not going great because there's yeah. another kid greg who is kind of a bully jerk yeah. is uh pushing back well, this is where we get the start of the mike versus greg power struggle um and again like that's kind of one of the interesting things about the show is that of course there's no strategy or whatever but it's still interesting to watch the push and pull of these kids trying to you know take all the power like we see mike from the very beginning of the show like telling the kids like come on keep going keep pushing the 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 wagon like we got to keep going even though mike's not carrying anything and so here like mike is trying so so desperately hard to be the leader but it's clear that he has no idea what he's doing and greg who's you know the oldest one like mike is like i think 12 or something (laughs) like that and, and greg is 15 you know which when I was when I was a kid and I was I was Jimmy's age when I watched the show and Gr- Greg looked like a full adult to me. So, yeah, <laughs> Greg was just like Greg realized Mike has no idea what he's doing and I can totally take I can just belittle him all I want and there's nothing that Mike can do about it. And so then we start to see the push and pull of Mike, you know, being so frustrated, upset that he can't, you know, crying that <laughs> Greg is just kind of like p- poking him and <laughs> just being like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Greg is a, a real uh, antagonist here in yeah. Kid Nation. Yeah, we'll, we'll 
get that for the rest of the show. Greg is kind of, <laughs> yeah, he's the bully. He is totally, I think, casted as the bully archetype. And, you know, I, I, he doesn't really care that much. I think Greg is kind of, you know, he's, the, if you're the oldest person there and yeah. you're the school bully, it's like, oh man, this is great. Like I can do whatever I want to these guys. And there's nothing that anybody, and the producers, of course, are encouraging it. The producers yeah. are, are, are loving it. Of course. They love it. Greg. Uh, I think they went out of their way. They said, oh, oh, this, uh, kid Greg. Uh, he's a, he is a uh, a huge D I C K. Put him on the show. It's great. It's you know. I don't but, know if, if actual kids are listening to this podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm sure there's a lot of kids. You know, really, they're trying to you know rewatch the show, and you know, yeah, I'm sure a lot of kids are watching this. So I'm gonna say, you know, Greg's kind of a dick. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, he's you know he's 16 years old. I'm sure he might be nice now. Although I was listening to an interview with Laurel, who's now you know an adult. Mm-hmm. And she says, um, no one, no one talks to Greg right now. No one, no one keeps Look, in touch with Greg. Le- I don't think this is a hot take. You're, <laughs> you're a 15 year old dick. You're probably also a 28 year old dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. That's kind of what it, what it seems. And I'm, I'm sure like this show probably actually never mind. I, w- I was going to say it like probably damaged his psyche, yeah. and it, you know, made him, but you know, Greg was still there a dick to begin with. Like, you can't tell me to wear a mask, Mike. You <laughs> don't tell me what to do. Oh my God. Greg, Greg is definitely an anti-masker now for sure. <laughs> There's no way. You're not the not. boss of me. <laughs> I hope Greg is listening to this. Greg, you suck. No, <laughs> Right. Hey, Phil, don't, don't get me beat up by uh, the bullies. All right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, there's, there's, yeah. Sorry, Greg, you're, you're amazing on the show. You're, the, you're, you were the leader of Kid Nation and you, you really told Mike off by, you know, Mike was trying to lead and you, you know, you got to stop him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, the council members are going to go to the chapel because allegedly yeah. there is some ancient text that was abandoned before by the leaders that before they left a mass exodus of Bonanza City they basically wrote a letter of resignation of like uh, we have failed as the leaders of uh, Bonanza City to whomever may concern uh, here's where we went wrong we uh, have done a uh, a a whole like uh, exit interview here. What we did wrong was we realized that we were too divided. We were too yeah. divided as a people. Here's what you need to do: divide into four groups. <laughs> yeah, again, like this type of stuff. Like you know, obviously, obviously, you know the the right the the leaders of what whatever the Bonanza City was at the time or what whatever what have you. We're not writing this. This is kind of and this is. The this, this structure of the show where the producers are able – every episode, the kids are going to go to the chapel and the, the producers are going to tell the kids, okay, this is what this episode is about. This yeah. is what you guys are going to do. And so this episode is just you know the producers being like, all right, here's the structure of the show. You guys are getting four different bandanas and you guys are – gonna divvy up for some reason you know to yeah. make the, okay. sh- the show yeah. interesting yeah the mythology is that uh okay we didn't know how to work together so uh you have to g- break into four groups there's also a pile of bandanas on the table and then also uh red lives here green lives here blue lives here yellow lives here this is the perfect way to make bonanza city work 
Yeah, they kind of just like yada yada through again, like the historical whatever fictional bonanza city that they have. It's kind of just like, all right, start something. Like we got we got to get through this episode. Like hurry up. Yeah. All right, get get your bandanas. Like get, let's get let's get a draft going. Yes, yeah, so Phil, is it a draft? They sort of like uh, just sort of like divvy up the kids. It's sort of unclear. They have a chalkboard. They're just writing names down. Well, that's I, the I thing. didn't really seem like that anybody ever want. There was some conflict for. Oh no, I wanted that person. That's the thing. It's like, you know, it was like like the draft in like Survivor Amazon. You know, it was just kind of like they had all these kids make the decisions for themselves, which I guess like, of course, that's what the show's about. But we're later going to see that these kids are competing with each other. And so there's there was no real I feel like, you know, the producers should have, you know, picked you know, the teams themselves in order to kind of make it as fair and equal as possible. So, you know, when these kids are competing with each other and these kids are interacting with each other, there's some kind of level of equality and fairness. But no, it's just the leaders making the decision. And, you know, like, you know, Andre picks the Greg and Blaine, who are just the two biggest guys. And <laughs> there's nothing that anybody else can really do about it. Although I don't think anyone else really cares, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nobody really wanted it. Like, oh, well, the, those kids are jerks anyway. We don't really want them. But Andre's like, I'll, I'll take the two biggest kids on my team. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he takes them. And then Mike, uh, that uh, he's the red team, right? Yeah. Mike is... Uh, yeah, Mike's the red team, and he picks DK and Jared just because they're, you know, they're friends. Yeah, they do a lot of, of like, well, these these two guys are friends, so let's yeah. just take keep them together. Don't want to sp- split them up. And again, the thing with the show is that, like, we don't get a full draft. Like, we never, ever get, like, Jonathan or the kids being like, okay, like, Hunter, you're on the green team. You know, Morgan, yeah. you're on the... Like, we we get, like, every kid says, like, two to three people that they like. And that's kind of it. And that's kind of the way the show works is that like, you know, there's some kids that are just boring and not interesting to watch. And I think this producers realize that pretty early on. That's why there's 40 kids, you know, because yeah. not all of them are going to pop on TV. So we, they just, all right, here are the people that we're concerned about. Here's who Andre's picking. Andre's picking Alex, you right. know, Tyler's picking these two people. And that's all we have to really care about. You yeah. Know? So Kid Nation is a little bit like lost of that. Uh, the plane crashed in the old West. We're going to get to know our principals, and then there's a lot of, like, uh, Nikki and Paolo's and background <laughs> characters that we're never going to watch. And imagine how frustrating it must have been, Phil. Like, you send your kid off to go <laughs> be on Kid Nation for 40 days. You tune in every week of, like, all right, let's watch Billy on Kid Nation, everybody, that he's on TV. And then it's like, oh, wait, I, was that was that your elbow? <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, on another show, you know, you'd prep your kids for like the physicality or, you know, mental toughness on Kid Nation. If I was a parent, I'd prep my kid to be the most entertaining kid in the entire world, because that's how we're making our money. You know, that's yeah. how, you know, that's the only way you can really succeed on Kid Nation is if you're entertaining enough for America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, Taylor, she has the youngest kids because she doesn't think that the older kids will listen to her. So yeah. she's going to go with all the, the younger kids. Uh, Andre. Yeah. Yeah. But we have yeah. some bad behavior manifesting here in Bonanza City because that Greg and Blaine that we talked about, the two a-holes, they like in the middle of the night go out, Phil, and they start defacing all of Bonanza City with their tags blue. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? You know, Rob, I have something to admit, and I think that it's it's kind of obvious, but, you know, 
this this whole scenario is all producer prompted. It's all the producers. The, yeah, it's shocking, right? Where the producer said, "Hey, Greg, go right," because you think you would think that the mind of a fifteen year old would not. If the kid, if a fifteen year old was going was to write graffiti, you know, on yeah. someone else's home, they probably wouldn't just write "Go team, go blue." Like <laughs> you think they'd kind of their mind would kind yeah. of go elsewhere, but no, they just Greg, Greg rules. and Blaine. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's just Mike blue. sucks. Right. <laughs> and so that's kind of it. And Alex, you know, who's Alex is one of the, the kids who I think is, you know, again, he's so cute, so smart. You know, he just says like he's nine years old and he's talking about 15 year olds. And Alex says, it's really stupid that they did that. You know, it's juvenile. I think this is so juvenile. It's like mm-hmm. two year old behavior. Yeah. <laughs> so, Which, you know, whatever. Yeah. Thing, tensions are running high in Bonanza City and, and we're going to have a, a showdown. OK. Um, the showdown is going to incorporate how we're going to get currency into this. Uh, even before Fire Tokens, uh, there was currency in CBS Reality. And we're going to end up having like paid wages for people, but there's like a whole like cast hierarchy that's going to and phil they lost me here on how all this is going to work this was very confusing yeah well they essentially are doing that again because the producers and everyone is trying to say like you know this is a show a social experiment show we're trying to make these kids live in our american society and can they thrive but you know and i guess they're also trying to just give these kids something to do i guess but yeah that's kind of the way the show works is that, you know, instead of immunity challenges, these kids are going to compete where, you know, the upper class or so the laborers who if you, if you do the worst in the challenge, if you place fourth place, you get paid 10 cents a day or whatever or around, I guess, for, you know, doing all the manual labor. So cleaning the bathrooms, getting water, you know, doing like cleaning up, doing all that kind of stuff. The cooks. Um, who are third place get 25 cents for, you know, doing all the cooking. Um, the merchants, cause they also talk about, Jonathan says that they're starting to open stores. So there's a candy store, there's a saloon, there's like a dry goods store where kids can, you know, get bicycles or whatever. And so the people who run those shops are <laughs> the merchants who get 50 yeah. cents around. And then if you place first place, if you win the challenge, you get a full dollar um, and you don't have to do anything. You you literally have to do nothing. Yeah. And so I guess that's enticing for these kids to, you know, again, like want to, it gives it some, some kind of drama, I guess. I don't know, but, but it lost you. We had, we have this competition and then on top of the competition, we're going to get like roles in the society. And then that's going to determine like how much you get paid. But then you also have to do the worst jobs also. So it's like, it's not enough. You lost the challenge, but you also, it's like, okay, you lost the challenge. You have to do the worst jobs and you get paid the least amount of money. Like you, you, you have to pay these kids that go clean the toilets also that you lost the challenge, go clean the toilets and you also get 10 cents. Yeah, I mean, again, like, you know, enough is enough. It's a metaphor. I mean, they're trying to say, you know, again, I guess this show Kid Nation, is a total is a capitalist critique, I guess, where it's the people on the bottom get paid the least, I guess. I, and they I, you work know, the hardest. And then the people <laughs> yeah. at the top, they get paid the most money. And they don't do anything. Wow. You know, I think you might have solved Kid Nation. You might have figured it out, Rob. What, I mean, what, well, I guess the, 
I did I figure it out or was Kid Nation like so it's like it's a mirror of like uh is was uh was Kid Nation anti-capitalism propaganda where they're sort of saying like hey this is that uh, this is not right I think that's exactly what they were doing I think or not maybe not saying that's not right but I think they were trying to you know push like wow isn't it messed up that the people on the bottom are getting paid anything and I guess we're, we're gonna see the frustration of you know People who, you know, keep losing every again because you know, the leaders picked their their own teams off of no fairness whatsoever. The producers didn't pick it. So there's going to be teams that, you know, you know, keep keep losing and they're never they're not going to get the upper class. And, you know, we get that kind of frustration, which I guess is where the entertainment comes from. But, you know, I guess they're trying to, I guess, you know, provoke something, even though I don't know if it fully comes through mm-hmm. with the American audience. I don't know. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. Okay. Uh, they have this, this challenge. Uh, the challenge was, uh, neither, uh, here nor there for me. Uh, they had to like, uh, move giant oil rigs around with colored water. Um, you know, I, I'm not interested in adults doing a challenge, uh, that, uh, kids doing a challenge was, you know, I, I was very bored during this part. Yeah, it's, you know, it's not, it's definitely not the challenge level. It's definitely not, it's not even survivor level. I guess it's like a step up from Big Brother, I'd say. But the challenges we're going to see are not like, you know, they're not really reinventing the wheel. It's like bootleg survivor challenges, kind of, for the most part. Yeah, and again, it seemed very dangerous to have children carrying around like uh, what looked to be like a, you know, 30 foot high oil rig. Oh, just get ready, Rob. <laughs> okay, just Good, get I'm ready. ready. I'm ready. All right. So I didn't even realize that there was like a second part of this. I guess all the teams completed the challenge and the host comes back out. Here comes Jonathan and he has a uh, a reward for the entire town. Okay, so he comes out and says, all right. You know how you've all been using one bathroom? Uh, we're also criminal uh, in my mind. You have 40 children. Oh, you yeah. had one outhouse. One outhouse for 40 children. I have two yeah. boys. We have one bathroom that they use. Disgusting. It's great that, that I hear my wife three times a day. Oh my God, this bathroom is disgusting. <laughs> it must have been horrible. You know, I think I heard one of the kids, you know, saying, you know, they had to wait like three hours or whatever to use the bathroom, which makes sense. There's 40 kids and kids are all disgusting. They're all disgusting. Uh, and, I, Another thing, I guess, they, they didn't do a good job explaining with the challenge is that, so in every episode, right, the, the challenge is going to happen regardless. Basically, you know, whoever, the, the challenge is about who, you know, is upper class versus lower class. But if the kids are able to do the challenge in under an hour for this episode, then they're given the option yeah. of the reward. So that doesn't always happen. And so we see in this episode that, like, the blue team who, you know, is placing in last place regardless, but... They do like a photo finish, like they have 14 seconds left on the clock. And I think that's kind of just like the the editors kind of putting in like, you know, adding suspense yeah. in afterwards, like, oh, look how close they made it. But they kind of set up the it dilemma because, close. yeah, yeah, no, because also like if they there's no way that they wouldn't set up the dilemma in the first episode, you know, mm-hmm. like, the, they, of course, like you want to show every, show me everything you got in the yeah. first one, you know, okay. <laughs> So Jonathan comes in and he has an offer for the kids. All right. Uh, first he says, all right, we have something for you. Okay. You know how you have one bathroom for the entire town? We could give you seven more. You'll have eight outhouses for 40 people. Like, or 
Let's say we have say we have a sweetener. What do you think of this? So which reward will you choose? Seven more outhouses or this? TV. <laughs> All right. So seven more outhouses or, or a TV. This did not look like a great TV, Phil. I also, I do not, did not come with a DVD player. I do not know if they had cable. What, what, what were they supposed to watch on this TV? You know, Rob, I don't think the TV was going to happen anyways. Not to spoil their decision, but, you know, it seems, it would seem counterintuitive if the kids were kind of just like, if they, if they picked the TV, and then the kids were kind of just watching SpongeBob all day. You know, <laughs> I don't think you have a show after that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think I'm not sure what the dis- like or why they added that in. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, it's, cl- it's clear that they were trying to set up some dilemma for the kids. But it, there, there's no way the kids were going to pick the TV. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> a lot of the kids make good points of like, well, all of that we're going to get a TV. And then we're going to when do we even have time to watch TV? It'll just distract us from doing more work. There's no good reason to have a TV, but uh, counterpoint. Well, because let's say that there's a tornado coming this way. How in the world will we tell? Yeah. <laughs> if there was a tornado, if we were watching TV, they there might be like, uh, this just in, a tornado is about to hit Bonanza City. Everybody needs to get inside their sets to make sure that they will be protected from the tornado. You know, if that happened, Jonathan wanted to be like, you guys should have picked the TV. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's your it's your decision. You know, we have to leave you guys to fend for yourselves. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's no way. There's absolutely like, uh, obvious, but also, I guess that's a good argument if you really just want to watch TV because you're bored and you don't. <laughs> I'm sure that kid, you know, Brett was just kind of standing around like, all right, what 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 else is there to do? Like, all right, I need, I need some TV. I need something going on. So, yeah. yeah. Well, look, <laughs> Phil, I, I have to say I can relate. I feel like that uh, it's like, well, what, Rob, why, why haven't you gotten anything done for the last four years? It's like, well, I had to keep refreshing Twitter to make sure that I knew if something happened. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The, the kids would have, you know, he would have taken TV duty. He would have been like, you know what? I'm going to be the one to really make sure that there's no tornado coming or anything like that. All, you know, everyone else can keep doing work, but I, I'm going to focus on, on the TV, on mm-hmm. the TV part. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. So. The kids are going to select the porta potties, the the the, the more, more outhouses to celebration. They got the porta potties. Yeah, it's like the right decision, I would mm-hmm. say. I mean, would you agree? Or yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. That, you know, all the res- kids, re- kids are excited. It seems like responsible for like kids to you know because in every episode too, they're going to set up the dilemma of like here's the responsible choice. Versus here's the fun choice. And so, you know, it's interesting to see, like you know, the, the kids kind of make, you know, a good adult decision. We can learn from the children. Yeah, that's good. Um, exactly. One of the other children tells us another advantage of having a more outhouses. Restroom. It's also nice that we don't really have to wait in line for like yeah. three hours. Yeah, that would like hurt your colon. Yeah, you could hurt your colon if you wait three hours for the bathroom. <laughs> uh, they get experts on the field to really, you know, they, these kids know everything. They know everything. And, uh, I would have loved to see the visual of just like the three hour long bathroom line. Yeah, of just come like on, looking. Not even eating that much. Come on. It must have been that kid that ate three pancakes. Yeah. Also, like, I'm sure that these kids were probably just, you know, not using the outhouse. You think Greg was really waiting in line for the outhouse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he went right to Mike's bunk. 
<laughs> Brought his chalk. Blue was here. Now blue is now yellow. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I, I, yeah. Speaking of the yellow team, uh, the yellow team they are the cooks. They have to take over, and we have a true case of maybe too many cooks in the kitchen because Sophia who had really earned rave reviews in the kitchen for all of her cooking, she does not really like how the yellow team has been doing the cooking. Even though people say the yellow team did a great job cooking, Sophia says, yeah, all right, anybody can cook, but who can clean the kitchen? Yeah, you're the cooks, but what's what's this whole mess? And, you know, Taylor's response is, you know, Taylor is a total tyrant. <laughs> Taylor says, <laughs> I'm not doing dishes. I don't really clean. I don't do dishes. And that's kind of what she says. She's like, sorry, it's not my job. I don't I, I don't know what you want me to do, even though she's the leader yeah. of the yellow team. You know, she's saying, you know, there's nothing you all can do about it. Sorry, I'm not doing that. Yeah. No, but Taylor, Taylor makes a good point that I, I say this to, to my children. I say, hey, guys, you have to clean up. I said, but, but dad. We don't like cleaning up. Oh, okay then. <laughs> I'm sure, you know, Taylor also probably doesn't, like, a, uh, you think Taylor knows how to wash a dish? Not to, you know, critique her parents or anything like that, but I'm sure Taylor was not, like, you know, raised in that, in, in, in the type of household where, you know, she was, she was doing all the cleaning. And so Taylor's yeah, probably like, look, it's not my job, Phil, you know? If you are going to solve world peace, you can't be bothered <laughs> with the dishes, okay? <laughs> she's she's on some other stuff right now and again we're getting the taylor the more hardened taylor yeah. who's you know she's firm like, in her uh, decisions Phil, I, i've got iraq on the other line can you just take care <laughs> of the dishes for me <laughs> i'm <Yeah>. this close <laughs> you know and so because of that because of taylor's leadership none of the yellow team you know wants to do the dishes you know we get layla who's also on the yellow team she's nine years old you know she's very young and in a confessional, she looks like she's 40 years old. She's already so old and jaded. And she's like, we're cooking breakfast and lunch and dinner. She looks exhausted. Like, you know, they're putting these kids th through a lot. And so if Taylor says, we're not doing the cleaning, we're not doing the cleaning. And there's nothing that anybody can do about yeah. it. You know, <laughs> now when you are the cooks, are you supposed to be doing the cleaning or does the uh, the last place team, after they get done with the outhouses, do they have to come <laughs> through and do the dishes? You know, I think it, it, it depends. If if Taylor's on the yellow team, you know, the, the, then, the, then the lower class has to do the dishes, you know. But if it's, you know, if you know, if it's on Sophia's, if, if it's the green team who's doing the cooking, you know, maybe, you know, maybe they'll, they'll mm -hmm. do the dishes. I guess it's just about. Who's nice in this society, yeah. but you know Taylor's not doing any of that. There's okay. no way. Phil, um, we get the commerce going in Bonanza City. Uh, we open up the stores, and yeah, it's it's a little bit sort of like uh, the uh, what was the name of the place like in Pinocchio, where like uh, Pinocchio, like in all of his like jackass friends go to. Like uh, that's sort of yeah. like what opens up here, where we open up a, a candy store, a soda store, but then, uh, lots of places that are sort of like uh, like bad behavior for children. I, I think is really endorsed by Kid Nation. Yeah, like they set up like. 
again, like it's this old saloon, you know, and that was one of the things that w- was critiqued, I guess, you know, by critics and people at the time was like, these kids are going to the bar, like after a hard day's work, they're going to the bar, going to the barkeep, you know, slam- slamming a buffalo nickel down on the table and be like, give me another one. I, I need, I need a soda right now. <laughs> and you know, I, yeah. <laughs> the visual of that might not be great, but right. you know, it's, you know, I'm going to need another Snickers with that Dr. Pepper. <laughs> yeah you know again like these kids are have no responsibility so they have to set up this neverland this neverland idea or whatever you know pinocchio went to where it's like you know these kids are have no responsibilities no one can tell them you know don't have chocolate before dinner if jared wants to have chocolate he's gonna have chocolate and yeah. no one can tell him otherwise phil is there one toothbrush in kid nation i don't think there's you think a single kid brought their toothbrush i'm sure <laughs> I'm sure maybe someone's mom or, you know, dad packed them a toothbrush and the kids probably did not look at it. It left, it stayed at the bottom of the bag for the the majority of the 40 days. I don't, they, they don't have sinks either. So I don't know how they mm-hmm. would brush their teeth or anything like that. You know? Yeah. I don't think, yeah, there's no way. They're just eating candy and rotting their teeth. And that's kind of the, the way Canadian functions. So while many of the kids are looking for soda, looking for sugar in any form that they can get it, there's one child who sees something else that they have uh, their eye on. Sophia. Sophia, mm. the cook. Uh, she sees a bicycle in the general store. The bicycle costs $3. She does not have $3. And she says, hey, there's only one way that I can earn the money for this bicycle. I'm going to dance for money. <laughs> dance in the streets. <laughs> I'm going to go With to the a- street and I'm going to, I'm going to dance and beg people for nickels in the street by dancing. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know again, like I, I didn't read anything, but you have to assume that a producer was like, yo, Sophia, if you get, you'll get this bike if you go and dance in the street. You know, that'd be funny. Go, go, d- d- and oh, I'll go. You think that, so- that Sophia was prompted to do this? That, that feels more so. wrong than Sophia coming up with this idea on her own. <laughs> I think the whole conception of this show is wrong, Rob. I think, you know, at this point, they're already in it. Let's just, you know, let's get this girl to, let's get this for, I don't, I don't know. I, I, Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I think it might have been producer prompted, I would say. But yeah. it's, it, it's, it's a ridiculous visual of Sophia with, with a jar, with a mason jar, empty mason jar. It'd be like, and just kind of doing weird suggestive yeah. dance moves, 14 years old. I don't know. It's rather odd, but. <laughs> Phil, was this a, a good lesson for, for, uh, you know, I guess go back to being eight year old Phil. Was this a good lesson to, to have learned of like, hey, uh, you know, get it, Sophia. You know, uh, uh, go out there and use the, use what you got. Or was this sort of the wrong the wrong idea? Yeah, I mean, at the time, I thought she was a hustler. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, you know, go do your thing. Like, I I've, I didn't know what I guess the real world like version of that was at all. But I was like, you know, like that's how you make money. You know, like, yeah. She she needs that three dollar bike. I don't know. What for? Sophia you know, I don't know where, she, where she's only going. Fans in 2007. <laughs> we should ask her about that. I, I, I have no we idea. Will not. Maybe. <laughs> we will not. <laughs> um, Sophia is dan- going to dance for money in the street. And uh, she tells us that there are uh, just but three dance moves a person needs to know on this earth. Uh, here they are. According to Sophia, 
This is all you need to know to dance. These are the three dance moves that will get you through life, okay? Pull up your pants. Okay, one, pull up your pants, Phil. Noted. Okay. Okay. Yep, got it's it. It's like pull up mm-hmm. pull up your pants. That's one. Two. <laughs> open the drawer. Open the drawer. Okay. Okay. Noted. You're gonna yep. open uh-huh. your drawer. And number three. Swim. Swim. Have you heard of these dances before, Rob? No, but I don't know how to dance, Phil. So now I feel like, okay, Sophia taught me, all right, next time I'm at a wedding, if I'm ever at a wedding ever again, I'm going to pull up my pants. I'm going to open the drawer and then I'm going to swim. And then my wife's like, "What, what the hell are you doing? You are embarrassing me. I'm like, Nicole, Nicole, that's that Sophia from Kid Nation told me I only need to know these three dance moves. That's it. Give me a nickel. (laughs) <laughs> were you at the club in, in in the year 2007 no one was doing the the drawer move that no one was doing any of hmm. that really uh <laughs> i don't know if i was at uh a club in 2007 perhaps 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 but no i didn't because uh, i didn't watch the show i only learned this today right yeah listen i she might have inspired a whole generation you know who knows maybe kids my age were doing the drawer move open and, the drawer yeah. Open the drawer. Op- I don't know. Op- yeah. Open the drawer. Pull up your pants. One leg <laughs> yeah. at a time. Because you, you, this is a podcast. You can't see. She picks up like it's like uh, like you would grab one pant leg, pick it up, grab the other pant leg, pick it up, repeat. Then open the open the drawer. One arm. Open the drawer with the other arm. And then swim. It, one arm at a time. I'm not sure what. I guess... The editors or the producers or anybody was really thinking with this scene. And I, I don't <laughs> I have no idea what they were trying to imply about our society. I'm not sure what, you know, what they were trying to say or anything like that. But I guess it happened. And I guess it's, you know, it's the first episode of hey, Kid Nation. So you want to show everything. <laughs> Phil, you can make fun if you want. This woman had a jar full of nickels by the end of the day. Yeah, listen. Although <laughs> Every- she said that some of the people, some of the kids gave her nickels to stop dancing near her. <laughs> yeah, I because it's like, OK, what, what, what are we doing right now? I, although, you know, I, Greg, Greg gave her some nickels. I remember I, Greg came over. He gave her. He, he gave g- her. He would. He would. <laughs> that is classic Greg. Greg. Again, yes. Yeah, some people were more into it than others. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK. Yeah. So. We're going to have a town council. We're going to have a, a, ta- a town meeting, a Bonanza City Town Hall meeting. Get all the kids in one place. We're going to have city council now, Phil. This is kind of like, yeah, like, you know, they're again, if they're trying to rip off Survivor in some way, this is, again, like they're trying to have some kind of structure. And so at the end of every episode, you know, the town council is going to come together and, they'll, the, you know, the leaders of all the teams have already try- been trying to make the decision of, who gets the gold star? Who has either worked the hardest or who has earned the gold star? And I don't. There's no real criteria yeah. for it besides just kind of generally who, who we worked should give the it hardest. To. Um, yeah. But we open things up, and uh, this is like sort of the same feel as sort of like a uh, Parks and Rec, like a Pawnee City Council meeting of like, uh, does anybody have any grievances they want to air with the leaders? Uh, and here's Sophia. She's not happy with the yellow team. They're not cleaning. <laughs> and you, Taylor's response to it is, again, I think Taylor would be such an amazing... Taylor should be in the White House because Taylor's response 
to Sophia's grievance is just like, you know, we hear you. We understand you. Listen, we're trying to wash these dishes as hard as we possibly can. But and we, we assure you by the end of this, these dishes will be washed and we're just trying the best we can. So please sit down. <laughs> <laughs> like she's like, does not care at all about the fact that she has not done a single thing as a leader. And, you know, she's like, listen, we're working as hard as we can on it right now. Just let us do our thing. We got it. <laughs> yeah. It sort of ends on an awkward beat also where then they say, Sophia, are you, are you happy with that answer? And she's kind of like, well, uh, if you're saying that then the, uh, leadership is, uh, not responsible for washing the dishes, then I guess that's fine. But if you're saying that the leaders are responsible for cleaning the dishes, then I am not fine with this. <laughs> yeah. I, again, there's no real rules, so <laughs> Taylor's allowed to say, and that's again the beautiful part about the show is that, and whatever Taylor says is kind of gold, you know. And the kids kind of have to follow, and Taylor doesn't know what's going on. Taylor, you know, is able to just kind of boss people around, and that's now the new structure of the show. Yeah. Now the cooks don't have to clean, don't have to clean anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Phil, it sets up an awkward moment then when they're going to reveal who gets the gold star. And then it is also going to be Sophia. So the one person that had a complaint about the leadership at the meeting is also going to be the person that gets the gold star. Yeah, I think, you know, again, there's four leaders and I don't think the all other leaders really like Taylor that much. (laughs) I don't think anyone really likes Taylor that much. So they're, again, allowed to veto whatever Taylor's, you know, whatever bill Taylor's trying to pass and. They decide they I think like Mike and Anjay and, um, you know, Laurel are making the the big decision here of who gets the gold star. Mm -hmm. And Sophia, Sophia cooked, you know, Sophia actually cooked and she cleaned and, you know, she's she was a great leader. Yeah. So she did that. She cooked. She worked hard. She complained about the things that were unjust in the society. She gets rewarded with twenty thousand dollars. And also she gets to go into the only room in all of Bonanza City with a telephone, and she gets to call her mom, who somehow has a camera crew at her house. Yeah, see, that is one of the funniest parts about the show to me, is that they definitely, hundred. I mean, obviously, 150% <laughs> pre-taped, like, they, they, they taped the, the conversation with Sophia and her mom, and then they had a crew go to Sophia's mom's house, and they had to be like, okay, your daughter just won $20,000, okay, action and yeah. her mom you, we get to watch the great amazing fake acting of, of the parents at the end of every oh, episode that's interesting. so I, I would have thought that they maybe like a new okay uh this that sophia's gonna get the money go to the house and then be there when the phone rings i, I mean that could i'm I, i'm not speaking out of like true authority but i definitely yeah. think that like the logistics of like you know the, even if they have to make the decision the day before that means that CBS or whoever has to get a camera crew and whatever city or s- small town in America, you know, they have to they have to go to. I feel like that sounds like a lot. I feel like it's definitely they tape the one conversation with Sophia and then they're like, OK, this is what Sophia does now. All right. They, they have a director on set with Sophia's mom, really get her, engage her in the moment. And then they they call action and they they start rolling at the end of every episode. Mm-hmm. It's, it's weird. But yeah, it's how they do it. Yeah. Uh, Sophia's mom, uh, I think, very pumped up that uh, Sophia's going to get $20,000. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's, 
And the, I don't think Sophia actually gets the money. I don't think legally she can like yeah. get the. I don't think I don't know if that's how it works or not. But it's definitely. I think it goes to the parents, which again probably kind of sucks because I don't think like there there's some kids that probably never actually saw that money. I guess you know they saw it in the food they ate, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and the, <laughs> the rent or whatever. But yeah. you know, I'm sure there's some kids that kind of their, their parents kind of just kept the money and that was it. Which I guess a little is- exploitative maybe, but. Yeah, you know they signed their kids up for the show, so whatever. Yeah, you know. Phil, and I know they're also uh, still figuring things out. Uh, the feel like the host of the show, like he puts his arm on Sophia's shoulder, and I feel like it goes on for like way, way too long. Like I feel yeah. like, uh, did, you, did you notice this? Yeah, it was. I mean, it's he, he's he's kind of uncomfortable. It's like a little bit uncomfortable where it's like it's like a, a weird like dynamic where he's the authority, but he also like, like there's one instance before this where Jimmy were like, where cause Jimmy has kind of talked about the eight, the eight year old Jimmy has talked about throughout the, the, the show, yes. the, throughout the episode about how he's considering quitting. And so, you know, like on survivor, you know, if something happens, they tell Jeff, so if something happens, they tell Jonathan. So earlier in the episode, you know, Jonathan went up to Jimmy in, like a town in a meeting and and he was like, Hey Jimmy, I heard you you're thinking about quitting. And you know, Jimmy kind of says, like, I don't know. I think I might be too young for this show. You know, I I miss my parents. And then Jonathan's just like, Well, you know, don't we all miss our parents? You know, but he says it in a way that makes it seem like, I don't know, he misses his parents too. I don't I feel like Jonathan does a bad job of relating to these kids, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> like, or well, let's talk a little bit about Jimmy. Uh Jimmy is the same kid in the opening who said that um he thought he was going to die out here. So maybe you wonder, Phil, was his heart in it from the jump? I don't think so. Who made I'm Jimmy not sure. do this? I don't know. It seems like from the very beginning, Jimmy has no interest in this Does whatsoever. Does not want to be here. Does the not other want kid, to die. <laughs> the other kids are trying to be like, come on, Jimmy. Like, come on. You don't like this? And Jimmy's like, listen, I like you guys, but... I'm going to go home. Like, I don't need this in my life at all. Yeah. Um, they ask, does anybody want to leave? Anybody can sort of like pull the ripcord at city council. You can leave if you want. If anybody, if anybody's up for it, uh, Jimmy stands up. They try to say, no, Jimmy, we need you. And he's like, actually, no, I, <laughs> I, that, uh, I'm still, I'm still leaving. Jimmy, come on. Come on, Jimmy. Jimmy, why do you want to go home? I'm really homesick. I think I'm way too young for this. <laughs> I am way too young for this. I am eight. Are you people insane? Like I, I should be in second grade. I am. I, I am eight years old. What? What are you putting me in the old west for? Yeah, I, he's the most sensible child in the whole group. You know, I was the same age as Jimmy when I watched the show. So I remember like in the first episode, like Jimmy had the first confessional. And so I was like, yo, this guy's eight two. Like, this is my favorite. And so I was starting to stand for Jimmy in this one episode. And when Jimmy left, I remember in the moment, like, this guy is a loser. Like, I, like, how could he like leave? Like, what's wrong with this kid? Even though like looking back now, like, Hell yeah. Like, get, get out of there. There's no reason for you to really be there if you don't want to do it, you yeah. know? Again, here's yeah. Jimmy's words to open the episode. I'm not going to be with my parents. There's no adults. And I think I'm going to die out here because there's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and, no, hats, hats off to him because I'm sure, you know, 
the producers were trying to always prompt Jimmy, are you, come on, don't leave, don't leave, you're good, you're good in the show, and Jimmy's like, I'm not listening to any of you guys, even Laurel tries to go up to him, which I'm sure, again, a producer was telling her, come on, Laurel, can you tell mm-hmm. Jimmy to stay, and and she's really trying to talk to Jimmy, and Jimmy's like, again, like, I'm too young for this. Like, in the first day, Jimmy said, I'm too young for this. This is not for me. I want to go home. I want to go back to my yeah, regular I childhood. I don't want to die. <laughs> Please. I'm eight. And he's watching, you know, the, the, he sees Mike and he sees the leadership in front of him. He says, there's nothing here for me. I'm not going to learn anything here. These people yeah. are not going to tell me anything like I, I need to leave. I'm a yeah. Nintendo Wii just came out and I have too much to live for. <laughs> and you know what? Jimmy seems like he's doing amazing now. I think again, Jimmy's the one who was doing, who did the initial like kid nation interview that kind of got everyone back in, back into the show. And Jimmy seems like such a sensible, responsible, you know, young person. Cause and- he spent three days at kid nation and got the hell out of there. <laughs> He knew, he knew he's the only one or not, you know, we'll see. But mm-hmm. I do like, again, that um, they have that moment, even though it seems like they're trying to, you know, keep all the kids on the show. They they do have the moment where Jonathan does ask yeah. the kids if they want to quit, because otherwise, you know, it, it'd be you can't yeah. hold the kids hostage. You know, Phil, was Jimmy a plant in that they needed somebody to go home in the first episode? You know, you have 40 kids, wow. one kid's going to go home. You got to show the viewers people can leave. You sort of like want to open the door, like, hey, let's thin the herd a little bit. Do, do you think that they had a Jimmy cast as a kid who's like, oh, yeah, they have the first chance he gets. He's uh, getting right out of here. Yeah, I think that might be, you know, I mean, maybe not. But also that seems entirely possible because I know like. The emotions that Jimmy are feeling are 100% real. There's no way he's acting. He, I don't think it's like he's doing a Scaramucci or something like that from Celebrity Big Brother. Uh, but he, I, was, <laughs> he was the twist. <laughs> the fake house guest. No, I, I mean, I definitely think that he was feeling real emotions. But also, yeah, it could be possible that they were like, all right, there's no way this kid's going to make it. And, you know, he's going to we need someone to quit. But also, I don't know that they bank on the fact that he was in the first episode, but it, it could be entirely possible. You know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that was the premiere of Kid Nation. Wow. So what did you think overall? Like, just kind of overall thoughts on the first episode. Like, I know we've kind of talked about it, but just like in terms of like, do you think the show has potential? Because you haven't seen the rest of the show. So like, you kind of think it could go somewhere going forward or? I mean, I don't know where it's going. I mean, <laughs> that I am captivated by the, the fact that this was even a thing. I mean, this wasn't a show from 40 years ago. Uh, this was a show that aired during Survivor China. It was uh, yeah. n- not that long ago. Uh, the world has changed a lot. This could never be televised now. This could no way. that this could not be on YouTube. Yeah. And, you know, we look at, you know, well, again, who knows? Because, you know, Jeff Probst is trying to get, you know, 17 and 16 year olds on Survivor. And I, I mean, who knows what could happen? But there's That's no way. That's also a bad idea. Just because Jeff wants to do it doesn't mean it's a good idea now. <laughs> yeah, I think I mean, they would it would totally be massacred and shut down if it came out now. I think this was like I wish the, the thing with Kid Nation is that I wish it came out in the year 2000 when. We, we didn't have all these reality TV standards that we do now where we want, you know, drama and, and Phil, conflict. what are you saying that it could, if it came out, uh, too late, it could have been, it could have been a, a, a dominant franchise. I think so. 
maybe not a dominant franchise, but I think it would have been more, you know, less focused on like making heroes and villains. I mean, of course, I love that. I love that about again, it's it's perfect that we got whatever we got now. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying like in terms of the longevity of the show, like I think if it started out as more of like what they wanted, which is like this documentary kind of style yeah. social experiment, it could have been more, I guess, like it could have been interesting. And I think like people would have been more into it as opposed to kind of like getting these kids to haul, you know, like pounds yeah. and pounds of, of rice, you know, miles and miles. I don't know. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. I mean, talk to me about what do you think like the pitch meeting was for this, where I, I just feel like that they were probably hoping for like, oh, it's going to be like Lord of the Flies. These kids are going to be like, uh, like uh, at, at each other's throats. It'll be great. I, yeah, I, I did read basically what, like the, how the initial idea started, which is like, what if we did like, cause lost was also big at the time. Lost, I think came out like a couple of years before. Yeah. 2004. And so, yeah. And so, you know, they're like, what if it's, we do lost, but it's Lord of the flies. That was like the, the initial pitch was lost mixed with Lord of the flies. And then they were like, Oh my God, that is genius. And I guess they didn't really prompt anybody else. I think just they were like, okay, that's amazing. Let's roll with that without thinking about the consequences of it. And, and then they just kind of went with it and they aired it. <laughs> yeah. Also very frustrating that they could have gone right back to this set, filmed the survivor season this summer here. No problem. Would have oh, been fine. Could have been, been so great. Survivor Bonanza city would have been, would have been just as good as anything. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, I remember when you were talking about that in May. I was like, they should just use the Kidnation set. Like they're still using it's it. Still like, there. They, they use that for movies. <laughs> At least I think it is. But if I, it's good yeah. enough for three ten to Yuma, it would be good enough for Survivor forty one. But no, you know, well they're gonna we're gonna just keep waiting and waiting and, and or whatever. <laughs> but it would have been perfect. And I don't think it would have because it because again when we watch this, we kind of see that. These kids are still struggling. You know what I mean? Like, you mm-hmm. know, I'm sure it would have been different for adults, but also like, that's not what we really watch the show for. Like survivor mm-hmm. would be fine. And we still get to kind of see people struggling a little bit. It would be okay. Just dude, we want to see something. We want to see more reality TV. Phil, yeah. can you gauge what my reaction will be for the rest of this? Do you think that I will, am I prepared for what I'm going to see in these next 12 episodes of kid nation? I think you're not prepared for mm-hmm. it because I De- you I definitely, are not ready. I don't think you're ready for for I guess the way the, this show also it kind of fits a one season arc beautifully because unlike a show like Big Brother or Survivor or The Challenge, it's not every episode of of Kid Nation is kind of about something. There's a theme to in it to it, and because they you know they want the kids to kind of have an activity, so. It kind of works beautifully that it kind of has one episode, one season where every episode we kind of get, you know, a different type of activity. And you'll, you're going to be kind of shocked by the, some of the things that the kids are going to be doing on the show, which I think will be a lot of fun to talk about. But um, I don't know if you're ready for, uh, you know, a show like the Kid Nation or I'm sure you're ready for it, but I don't just I'm just saying, OK, I'm excited. I'm All excited right. to see what you think. Well, we're going to come back next week, next Friday. And we'll be back to talk about episodes two, three, and four of Kid Nation. They're yes. on YouTube. You can check them out. Yeah. Search for YouTube. Search for Kid Nation on YouTube. You'll find it. You can it. watch it. 
You can watch it at like double speed too, if you want. Like there's not, you know, there's, you don't really have to really analyze Kid Nation. It's kind of just a show you can put on and laugh at. It's a lot of fun. Like I would recommend if you have roommates or family members, just, you know, put it on the TV. See what Everyone's going to be glued to it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's good. It's good. Yeah. All right. So be Easy on the lookout for that. Of course, I'm also very excited that we're going to be kicking off on the next week. Our We've we've polled the audience. We've polled RHAP Nation and Universe. And we have asked them, rank the 40 Survivor seasons. And over, I think, 2,500 people responded. Wow. A lot That's of people. And, and it was it, this was not like a vote yes or no. This You had to move the things around. It was, it was time consuming. We got over 2,000 ballots in to tell us what the 40 season rankings are. We're going to start our countdown, our top 40 countdown from 40 to 1. We will start with the 40th ranked season, the worst season of Survivor as ranked by the listeners of Rob Has a Podcast is going to be reviewed next week on Rob Has a Podcast. Very excited about that. Are, do you, so you, you know all the results and everything? No, you, I, you, I, I, okay. I have been asked to be told one at a time, but I do know what is going to be the worst season Survivor. We will announce it soon, and we will put out a survey to get some additional information. We're going to poll the audience every week about MVP and the best episode and all sorts of different things that we want to get as much information as we can from the audience to talk about it all with our panel coming up as we recap the worst season of Survivor next week. I'm so excited to listen to all this. This is like going to be like my my Super Bowl. I'm so excited. Uh, This is going to be awesome. It's going to be great. Uh, We can only rank the Kid Nation seasons. This is the best season of Kid Nation. It's also the worst season of Kid Nation. (laughs) By far the worst season of Kid Nation they've ever ever done. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Phil, where can we keep up with what you're doing? Um, You can follow me on Twitter.com slash Listen Up Philip. And you can also um, I'm also writing a lot of movie reviews on this site called Letterboxd. And you can follow me there at Letterboxd.com. Slash P N T J R doing a lot of writing. There. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's a m- recent movie you reviewed? Um, I just watched, um, I saw wonder woman on uh, 1984. Oh, people are saying it is, that is, uh, so good. It's a, it's the kid nation of wonder woman movies. Yeah, people are trash. Listen, it's a superhero movie. It's, it's fine. Oh, I don't know. It's I, fine. I, I think pe- it's, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's problematic sometimes, but also like it's a superhero movie. I don't know what I don't, it's. It's okay. It's 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 not the worst. It's not. It's definitely not good. It's all right. I don't know. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. Okay. Soul is also really good too. Everyone should see that movie. Soul. Yeah. Disney Plus. Okay. Yeah. The, the, uh, Disney Plus, right? Yeah, Disney Plus. Okay. Highly recommend. All right, uh, Phil. Thank you so much. Of course, it's also the start of a new month. It's going to be a great month here. Great time to become a patron of Rob Has a Podcast. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, a ton of uh, patron content. We've got, we got a lot of patron activities going on. The best time of the month to get started as a patron of Rob Has a Podcast is the first of the month. Rob has a website.com slash 
patron. Join in on all the fun we have going on behind the scenes at Rob's Podcast. Rob's website.com slash patron. Happy New Year. Enjoy Kid Nation. Thank you so much for listening. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Support for this podcast comes from our friends over at Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. And it's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com.